0: fellow travelers welcome to the 35th episode of the rpg cave i'm one of your hosts ryan turford the level 99 human archmage and i'm joined as always by the level 99 elf ranger mr garrett bland garrett how are you doing this lovely lovely evening good sir
1: i'm doing good all right we're we're out of the coffee bit i understand that but we have a beer bit going on now oh, now we got we've evolved all right i got this yes um what hat what really sucks in pennsylvania The state laws there are really bad with like alcohol and like selling alcohol next to like grocery stores or whatever. Mm -hmm. So like stores can't really sell alcohol as much. You have to create a separate store. In California, you can sell wherever you want. So Trader Joe's has $5 IPAs, six pack. Isn't that insane, Ryan? That's, that's that's pretty good pretty cheap
0: considering when you, when you look at canadian beer it's like three times as expensive also uh right. what, what,
1: what are you drinking there because we can't actually see the label because it blurs it out oh uh, well I, that's probably good I, it's a Boatswain hazy ipa and I Boatswain, i think it's like trader joe's like generic brand oh and okay they have regular ipa double ipa and hazy ipa and all of them are five dollars here bang, son
0: dang, so, dang, that's the dream their- That's the dream. Yep. Well, anyways, this is not the beer cast. This is the RPG cave where we talk about (laughs) RPGs all the time. So let's clear the garage of those pesky mobs. So folks at home, if you want to support the show, there's a number of awesome ways to do that. Number one, subscribe to us on your podcast feed of choice. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. We're on all the places you find podcasts. So check us out there. Of course, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you could also do us a solid and, you know, leave us a rating on, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Maybe leave an Apple Podcast review. If you leave an Apple Podcast review, we'll actually read it on the show. So there's that incentive as well. Also, if you want to see our beautiful faces every single week, hand over to YouTube, youtube.com slash Yumi Capri. We put up a video version of the show every single Saturday morning over there. And of course, like, comment, subscribe. Ring that bell, like I'm doing on the video, even though if you're listening on audio, you're like, what the heck is Ryan doing with his finger? Um, <laughs> but let's that, be bringing the bell on YouTube. And then last but not least, if you want early access to this and all of our shows, hand over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Get that, get some other perks and other content over there on Yumi Capri, some exclusive content. Exclusive. But now- Exclusive. Let's read from the secret text, Garrett, because we got to get into this show because I think we've got a pretty fun one today. Folks, yes. of course, know there's a big game coming out at the end of this week because this is coming out on eh, Saturday and of. on Friday. Yeah. Elden Ring releases. Garrett, we're not talking about Elden Ring today. Well, maybe we will a little bit, but we're talking about From Software. That's our topic for the day. We're gonna basically nice. rather than like talk doing like a deep dive on the Souls games as a whole or um, talking about a specific series from From Soft. We kind of want to just celebrate the history of From Software, especially. I don't know if you knew this, Garrett, but this year is actually the 35th anniversary of From Software,
1: which is just. 35th? Just,
0: yeah. They're 35 wow. years old this year. So, uh, old. we're going to be celebrating a big anniversary for From Soft. So, we're going to talk about a lot of the games, but we're doing like a lot of surface level stuff because, admittedly, and, and I think for full transparency, we have to kind of state this at the very beginning. Neither Garrett or I are, you know, Super Souls players. We don't. Absolutely we're not. Like not. <laughs> super into Soul, the Souls games. Um, the main reason why this show actually came about um, was actually thanks to our friends over on the Discord, the Yumi Capri Discord. Um, the link is in the show notes. By the way, if you want to join the Yumi Capri Discord, um, and we were asking for ideas for the show, like t- topics that we'd lo- that people would love to see from software and Dark Souls, came up a lot, an awful lot.
1: Like um, a lot. I yeah. was so surprised how many people. Kept coming back with from software. I'm like, what are you guys doing? And but yeah, they have. It's a very passionate fan base over yeah. there, which I. It's awesome, man. Absolutely. Really cool. So
0: that's why you know this one's this show is more for the fans. I think this time around,
1: it's really more for the fans. Um, yes,
0: but I think we're still gonna have a fun show nonetheless. But I just wanted to specify that before mm-hmm. we get into anything. So if I say something dumb about Dark Souls, for example, you know why? So you know why? Um, yes. So let's start, (laughs) as we always do with Garrett, with some fun facts. So I've got a few fun facts today, um, but then I kind of want to roll a lot of this stuff into the conversations we're going to talk about with some of these series. So, first up, in their time developing games, From Software has developed 62 games, not including Elden Ring. Elden Ring will be the 63rd game from From Software. From Software was founded in Tokyo on November 1st, 1986. But wow. in 1986, the company was not making games. They were making Japanese productivity software. You know, like the equivalent of like Microsoft okay. Word for Japan or stuff like Excel. Interesting. Like, like a bunch of like business office products. Like computer products
1: yeah. of some kind. Like software computer software products. specifically. Cool.
0: That was their de- That was their deal. That was what they were formed to do. And it really wasn't until the early 90s that the company idea shifted to games in the first place because um, the, the people in the, the from software office were actually playing a game called Wizardry, which was a game that originally yes. originated on the Apple, II, um, but eventually yep. got ported to Japan on the for, in the form of an NES cart as well as a Super Famicom release as well. Um, and that's how Japanese players got a hold of those, and people in the office at from software were really into this thing. So they're like, hey, you know, what if we made a game? that was kind of yeah how the idea of them actually right. get into get, getting into game design actually came about so even though the company was actually founded in 1986 their very first game didn't come out until December 16th 1994 on the PlayStation oh, wow. 1 that game okay is called Kingsfield Kingsfield for the folks that don't know is kind of like the the what what ins- the game that inspired dark souls in a lot of ways because it was a first person dungeon crawling game that had a lot of similar elements to dark souls. For example, you had like, um, currency and experience and that you could, um, spend to kind of level your character up. But then if you're died while you're out and about in the dungeon, you would lose that. And you'd basically have to, Mm -hmm. uh, go back and kind of, um, go through the dungeon again, of course, and kind of reclaim all the stuff that you lost in a lot of ways. It was a really interesting game, really, really uh really tough game. It's actually a game I talked a lot about on the roundabout. We did a Xbox 360 series over in the Xbox Drive. Um, and I did a Dark Souls mm-hmm. episode over there where I talk about Kingsfield a lot. So if you want to hear me go into actually a lot of detail about Kingsfield, um go listen to that episode. I think it's actually a good representation of it. But interestingly enough though, mm-hmm. Kingsfield was actually a launch window title. For the PlayStation One, because in Japan, the console came out uh, the the week before Kingsfield came out, and then they came out the w- the week after, essentially. So,
1: this so they really a started game. when Sony like really started their yeah like their own system. Mm-hmm. I guess th- were they talking with Sony a lot? Yeah, because they were looking for people to really to yeah. work with, and and Sony yeah. was looking
0: for developers, and you know, it just it just came together. But uh,
1: yeah, and and they never they never made games for Nintendo, right? Like they. Nope. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, that's kind of cool to see a, a big third party developer not going in Japan, mm-hmm. not going not starting with Nintendo, yeah. but starting with Sony. They actually
0: the eventually got to N- N- Nintendo in like 2002 because they, they released a GameCube okay. game. But that was like their very first okay. Nintendo release. But before that, they had like 12 games under their belt at that time, which is just crazy wow. to think about so um after kingsfield came out it was actually a pretty big success in japan but they never actually localized it in the states or released it outside of japan for whatever reason i think it comes down to the difficulty thing because at the time um i think japan oh. didn't want to release like ultra difficult games out outside of japan essentially that was kind okay. of like the, the 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 stigma that happened at the time that was all reasons why we didn't get you know super mario brothers 2 here in north america we got you know the other right. Um, Super Mario Brothers 2 instead, essentially. So they actually, um, from software with the success of Kingsfield, actually put out two additional Kingsfield games after that. But after doing three Kingsfield games, they're like, hey, this is cool and all, but we want to try a whole bunch of different stuff and (laughs) get kind of wacky. So they they basically decided to um, rip up the company a little bit, basically split the company into two teams, and they essentially released almost two games sometimes even three games in, in every single year going forward from that oh point my in a whole bunch of different genres including
1: what a warhorse,
0: met mech games turn-based rpgs right. stealth games action rpgs survival horror games kid action adventure titles and more mech games like it's just if you look at the it, believe it or not if you go on the the From Software website cuz they actually have like a history yeah. section on there it's like it's crazy just looking at how much stuff they had their hands in or how many de- games they developed like they developed like yeah. they even were publishing games at the time too um i know that folks might be familiar with the Tenchu series which is a, like a stealth um ninja game that was on the playstation one that was actually really popular at the time um that game was mm-hmm. published by from software um but it wasn't wow. developed by them and they actually developed all the psp versions of tenchu um when they when they started to put that series on the psp which is really interesting
1: so what was their idea behind this like it sounds like they were just training up to like i i don't know like was that the the way to go about it to separate your teams and make all these games like I guess it was cheaper to develop games at the time too. Mm -hmm.
0: There's a lot of factors that go into it. You're definitely right about it being cheaper to, to make games at the time. Not only that, but you just didn't need as many staff as you need,
1: you know, nowadays. Uh, Okay. Yeah.
0: Plus with a smaller company like this, like this was before um, they were actually acquired um, at this point. Um, So like, uh, I think Katakawa now actually owns, um, then Kadokawa is actually a, like a really big media company in Japan. Um, okay. they, they actually produce a lot of anime, for example. That's kind of how I know Kat from Katagawa from, um, but, mm-hmm. they, but they own from software. They purchased them much later. So at the time, anyways, okay, they cool. needed to keep the company afloat and they thought the best way to do that is release like kind of as many games as possible, but it it, it almost didn't matter because all the games for the most part actually had like a really good reputation to them, especially wow. the armored core series, which actually the very first one yes, actually came armored out. Corp. On July tenth, nineteen ninety-seven, it was a Met game on the PlayStation One, and it spawned this giant series of games from there as well. Yes. So, and not only that, but they did eventually return to Kingsfield um, in two thousand one on the PlayStation Two with with a fourth game in the series as well. um They also did a bunch of other games as well that were like with with kind of the Kingsfield team that were like success, spiritual successors to Kingsfield. Um, so, it, it almost felt like. Again, just looking at the the company's history and examining it more closely, it almost felt like they're throwing like darts at the board, like trying to figure out what, pretty much you know what would stick and, and, and see what sticks exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like um, the example, I always just laugh at the fact that they they were actually the developers, the Adventures of Cookie and Cream, which was a, like a this kids game starring this like uh, a, these two adorable rabbits on the PlayStation Two. Like, oh my you know, goodness! Probably <laughs> never thought that From Software would do an E for Everyone game about you know like rabbits. But they did it. But they did it. That was certainly a thing. Um they also, Garrett, you might be surprised about this as well. They actually worked on yeah. some Monster Hunter games as well. Um they okay. actually worked cool. on some Monster Hunter spin-off games called the the Monster Hunter Diary series, um which was almost like these like I've heard of them. simulation games. Well, I mean there's no wonder you wouldn't have heard of them because they're only in Japan. It's my yeah. favorite thing yeah. to say on this show. Only in Japan, of course. In fact, that's why, even though From Software's done a lot of games, we just haven't heard a lot of them, about them because most of them didn't come out here. <laughs> a lot of their games were Japan only um and we for the most part we got a lot of the mech games like a lot a lot of the armor core games mm-hmm. um we got you know some stuff like enchanted arms which was on the xbox 360 which was like a turn based role-playing game from them um as well oh, as wow. like ninja blade which was this you know ninja gaiden um like r- almost like ripoff game like it was a, like a ninja gaiden clone essentially when ninja gaiden was really popular um so they did a lot of stuff like that too that came out here but of course the company's history totally changed with the release of Demon Souls on PlayStation 3 on February 5th, 2009. Essentially from this point, when you look at their history, all of their game production totally like slowed to a halt at that point after yes. Demon's Souls came out. Because essentially they had kind of birthed a new genre, the souls genre, which again, kind of you could argue already existed back when Kingsfield came out. Because Kingsfield again is... You know, kind of like a Soulsborne game. It just doesn't follow the exact same formula as modern Soulsborne game do though. But um it's definitely kind of in that genre already. Um but then after that, for cool. the most part, they released a couple other armored core games, as well as a mobile suit gundam game, uh that was Japan only and Bar- Garrett's favorite game of all time, Steel Battalion Heavy Armor. That was the Connect exclusive Steel Battalion game, which Kinect was exc- which was considered that's one insane. of the worst games
1: on the Xbox 360. So, From Software made a Connect exclusive. Yep,
0: Connect exclusive. That's, the that's actually kind of
1: crazy to <laughs> to say. Yeah, you know, that's uh, yeah. good. Good for you, From Software. Yeah, so they made but all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh,
0: but I'll elaborate that on that more when we kind of get into questions because we actually got questions about some of their their odder uh, and more obscure games, but. That's all I have, kind Good. of, for fun facts before we go into the conversation. So Garrett, what do you think about the the early days of From Software and kind of the kind of their their history? Because I think it's like it's almost like a tale of two companies in a lot of ways, where it's like pre Demon Souls and then everything mm-hmm. af- after Demon Souls, essentially.
1: Yeah, what a unique company, man! All the t- different types of games that they made earlier beforehand, um, the way they started, of course. It's it's actually not unique too much. We've seen other companies do other things before they turn into game companies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's super neat to see. And um, I know Dark Souls and the Soulsborne genre, very well known, very passionate group. Of course, they're going to chase after that. I'm glad that they are. I'm glad that they're continuing to do this. I think that's a good evolution for them. Um, wh- who is the who is the creative or, or the head person? I forgot his name. It's like uh oh Miyazaki-san, Miyazaki-san. Hidetaki I remember it shared it with yeah. Hideo. Hidetaki- yeah, so that that's one of the few names in the industry that you know. <laughs> it's like that's like it's like a Hideo Kojima. It's like you you know who that guy is. Did he start the Demon Souls? The yeah, Souls he Born he was route? the uh,
0: he was the director on Demon Souls. Um, before okay. that, he actually worked on Armored Core because um, his first game that he worked on was 2005's Armored Core Last Revan. Um, he was basically like a planner on that, um, and then after that, he worked on Armored Core Four, and then it was Demon Souls, and he's been do- leading all the Soulsborne games after that point. Yeah.
1: I'm- yeah, um really cool sets of games after that, and I'm glad, you know, they went through Demon Souls and then Dark Souls, and we kind of know the story behind that, but I'm glad that they did stuff like Bloodborne, Sekiro, uh, a little bit of differentiation off of the Dark Souls uh slow and beat um, drum over there, <laughs> and I'm actually pretty excited for Elden Ring um i haven't played as obviously i have not played these games at all i actually put a um a like a tweet out um asking everyone hey what should i start with Mm -hmm. and a couple of people said even try the demon souls remake on ps5 yeah like that's probably a good start um i've heard bloodborne as well is a great start and maybe even elden ring if like seeing reviews and seeing how accessible it is. I think Elden Ring could be a good bridge because <laughs> it looks very open world and then, um, but has that Dark Souls combat to it. So yeah. yeah, I'm front software. I'm I'm looking at you guys. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at you.
0: So for me, obviously my fir- very first from software game, you know, wasn't any of the, the born games or anything like that. Yeah. Um, it would actually go all the way back to the original Xbox in a game that I've talked about a lot on the xbox drive otogi myth of demons was actually my very first from software game um it was basically this like japanese myth mytholo- mythological like demo bay cry um Cool. game kind of mixed with a whole bunch of other elements um, what was interesting about it was it had a lot of like environmental destruction so when you would ha- attack enemies you'd have heavy moves that would like knock enemies through walls and stuff like that or like blow up buildings and stuff like that it was really cool like a really it was like a really cool and unique idea for a game um, and it actually was a really solid game on Xbox th- uh, original Xbox um, it even got a sequel as well uh, toki 2 uh, Immortal Warriors which is fantastic and it's also Climbed up in prices is now one of the most expensive original Xbox games at like $200. Oh no. um, and I oh, see that jokingly no. because literally two years ago, I bought that game because I had sold my collection a long time ago for the original Xbox. I bought that game for $20 new off Amazon uh, US because they were selling them brand wow. new from, you know, Amazon directly <laughs> like two years ago. And now that game's like. Uh, like gone up like 10 times in price, essentially, which is just
1: that's crazy, hilarious
0: to think about. So that was kind of my introduction to to From Software. And you see some, some elements in Otogi that you know are pulled from Dark Souls, um, like kind of the way you, you gain experience, for example. Um, but more mm-hmm. of the as well as the difficulty. But the difficulty in Otogi was mostly due to a time limit you had on certain areas, um, which just was kind of grueling. Like sometimes you just have just barely enough time to get through the entire. You know, area i don't like time inter- limits yeah i don't really love oh, it either Oh man
1: that's rough. is it is it like uh you had to beat all the enemies in like a certain area or so, what was it some
0: of them were like that some of them were you'd have really large sprawling areas and you basically had to get to the end of the area in that time frame okay and it, it was just the wow. traversal that took a while but because you also had to fight enemies along the way essentially um and and you but it didn't really have like boss arenas that you'd fight in per se because it it had these like semi open open world areas kind of similar to something like Mm -hmm. rise of the tomb raider but just not having all those areas connected together in like an open world if that makes sense um because again it was a linear game versus like you had individual levels as opposed to it being like one you know big open world kind of thing so either way that's a game I, i really enjoyed and then after that my my uh my next kind of brush up with from software was chrome hounds which it was an Xbox 360 launch title, which was this really bad mech game. Uh, but I, but I, I try, I tried to convince myself it was awesome and kept playing it <laughs> because I did. I was like, man, I need really need something to play on my 360. And uh, oh, and boy, that was
1: one of them. That was uh, that was a you game. You could just play Call of Duty Two. You could have played Quake Four. But at that point, I'd already right? beaten
0: those games, Garrett. I already had the thousand gamer score. In you Call play of Duty.
1: online. I actually Call of Duty Two online was it was so bad that was that was a rough one (laughs) it was good it was just rough oh online i i had a ton i had so much
0: fun playing that on 360 call of duty 2s online i think it was awesome
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: but chrome hounds
1: (laughs) really rough game um and then after that i guess they were they really like to do launch software into these consoles either that or launch window stuff yeah, they they usually they launch Windows. Especially
0: here. again, you have to consider the number of games they were putting out at this time because essentially um when the Demon Souls barrier hit, they don't they've only released 14 games since Demon Souls. And remember the total I gave you at the beginning, Garrett. Mm-hmm. 62 games on. all, and oh only 14 yeah. of those were after Demon's Souls. So <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah. So it was like they 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 had release releasing so many games every year, they just naturally happened to hit like every console launch period, essentially in that time, frame, yeah. which was interesting. Um, but yeah, after that, then I, I played Demon Souls on PlayStation three. Um, it was a cool. game that was not on my radar before it came out, but I remember g- like reviews came out and they were glowing for the game. Um, I, I remember a couple, a lot of 10 out of 10s for the game. So I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to try this game out. And boy, <laughs> this game is not for me. It kicked your butt. It's not, yeah. but it's not. But here's the thing. My thing, and I've always said this about the Souls games, or especially Demon Souls in particular. It's not the difficulty that gets to me because I I like hard games. It's the slowness right. of the of the gameplay and the controls so that slow, kills me. Right? With the, especially with the dodges and parries and, and the shield blocks and stuff like that. I'm just like, come on, man. Like I I understand that it's you know more realistic that way. And I think it definitely appeals to like a bigger subset of people that I'm kind of letting on. Just for me personally, it just it doesn't do anything for me. Whereas I, whereas I love stuff like Neo from Team Ninja, uh, which that game yeah, is in the Soulsborne formula is really hard. But at the same time, it's, it's at a much faster pace. It's much more arcadey. I mean, you don't even have a block button in that game. So I actually you just
1: jump around. Really? I remember well, that. It's yeah. a lot
0: about there's a lot of parrying in that game,
1: too. Yeah. Pairing in the Okay, cool. Yeah. But
0: I, I love Neo. So that's why like, that's more of the type of experience I'm looking for for like a Soulsborne game or, or even something like Code Vein. I really love that one from, from Bay 9 Namco as well. You
1: like Code Vein. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I kind of liked it too. I, I played it for quite a bit.
0: Yeah. And for, for the same reasons I liked it like Neo, even though it was a little bit slower than something like Neo um, I still really like that game as well. So it's not so much that I don't like Soulsborne games and I'll talk about it a little bit later because um, we got a question about this, too. Like what what game I actually played to completion of these. Um, but but uh, for the most part, it's just the 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 combat design of Dark Souls is what kills it for me, not the difficulty, if that makes sense. So Demon Souls was like that when I first oh. played it for the first time and went from there. Whereas Garrett, what about you? What yes. was their, your very first experience with a From Software game?
1: Uh, my first experience was actually Bloodborne. I tried it. Um, I tried it probably back in 20, it was close when it was launching. It was 2016 or or 2015, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I tried to stream it and like, I really tried to go through the first area and I just died again after again. And like after two or three hours in one sitting, Mm -hmm. I'm the type of gamer. I like progression. I like you know, being like, even though I lost something, I at least progressed. That's why I like roguelites too. because So it's like, okay, I died, but at least I got something. I got some progression going on. Mm-hmm. This one is just like, no, you're going to go back to the beginning. You're going to go back to square one. And I'm like, I'm not having fun mm-hmm. <laughs> with this because of that. I, I understand that. I heard Bloodborne is pretty accessible after you like kind of get it, mm-hmm. like after the first boss or whatever, or the first area. Um, I know a lot of people, that was their first entry going into it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, um, Bloodborne was my first. Um, I have actually not tried others from the, I actually did, uh, play a little bit of Dark Souls one, um, remastered on steam. Um, I played it for like two or three hours and I got the hang of it. I was just like, I was trying it. And then I was, you know, going to other games because I was like, "This is not my focus right now." But um, it's definitely on my short list. Dark Souls One Remastered is is on my Steam uh, on my laptop, so I'll definitely play it later. And then Demon's Souls Remastered, even though this is not um, this was uh, re kind of redeveloped, I guess, or remastered by mm-hmm. Blue Point. Um, I'm I'm intending to to grab that later, okay, uh, especially when it hits a sale again. Uh, I think it should be pretty cheap this year. It's like, yeah, I was going to say it went like on sale like or a bucks. month
0: ago too. So, and, and it was like yeah. 20 or 30 bucks off. And then I imagine it's just going to go down from there. And, and not on that, but yeah. we've talked about it on the PlayStation drive, but I suspect when they roll out project Spartacus, which is kind of like, um, the rumored, you know, PlayStation right. competitor to game pass. I actually think demon souls remake will actually be one of the games that they include on that service down the road. For sure. So there's also that as well, yeah. that, that, that route to go with it. Um, yeah cool. I, that's the game that i haven't checked out either uh, even though i have a ps5 um i just i, I had picked up the other launch titles like sack boys a big adventure or miles per Alice instead cool um so i never really got to it um but yeah the, that's really interesting uh, bloodborne in particular the the issue i had with that in particular playing it on day one i don't know if you remember this garrett but the long load times in bloodborne oh, there was were, long load to, in, were oh, wow. insufferable in fact they had to patch it event oh, no. um like a week or two after it came out um, to kind of reduce the load times because when it, if you played it, the game when it first came out every time you died it was a minute and a half load time like to get back oh, into the game no. so like you almost felt like you weren't progressing at all <laughs> in the game because like every time you okay. died it would take you so long to get back to the area so back so long to get back into the game then you had to run back to all uh, like the area you were in and by the time you did that you're like what am I even doing with
1: this game? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna die again like right now and then yeah you know, just restart but, from there.
0: But he, the thing is with with these games, I mean, yes, they're difficult, but the idea is that you as the player are going to grow from dying. So even though you're not walking away with like any in-game experience, you as the player are gaining experience from each combat encounter. At least that's how yeah. the game is designed, where, you know, it's expecting you to kind of learn from each encounter and kind of um, approach the enemies differently the next time you go back there. Because essentially they keep all the enemy patterns and whatnot all st- uh, all stagnant. Like they don't change any of it up. They don't mm-hmm. randomize it or anything like that. Um, so that's why, actually, if you watch like the, the Dark Souls speedrunning community, one of the most popular categories is like blindfolded. Dark Souls runs or Bloodborne runs um, where you play the entire game blood uh, like blindfolded because they know the game so well because it's not randomized that you can you can play it blindfolded because of the fact that it's so everything's always in the same place.
1: You know exactly what moves and like how long to move and attack. Mm -hmm. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. The only thing that's that's kind of like mixed up is some of the boss attacks like the order that Mm -hmm. certain bosses do attacks in and whatnot. But for the most part, like Mm -hmm. all of the enemies spawn in the exact same areas regardless of how many times you go through it so that that's kind of it, dark souls way of trying to teach the player um and, and to give you kind of something even when you die even if you do lose all your experience you are getting kind of the knowledge and your own personal experience and growth as to you know where you're going from there mm-hmm. like that that's kind of let me tell philosophy.
1: you I, i'm kind of jealous of the dark souls community in mm-hmm. the and the souls born community in general because they are in love with these games they are they're very nice. And I, I'm not saying that they're obsessive, but they when they talk about Dark Souls, when they talk about Bloodborne, it's like, oh, it's a masterpiece. Like, mm-hmm. you know, going into it, it's a masterpiece, a boss design, the pacing, the progression. And I'm like, I wish I had, I mean, like, maybe I have a game or two in my head that that's kind of like that, but I don't have a series mm-hmm. that's like that at all. And so, yeah, I'm I'm actually really curious of like trying Dark Souls one or Demon Souls to see what it is like because mm-hmm. I, I or, or even Bloodborne. I heard like late game Bloodborne and like the DLC is like just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Especially the lore in particular. I know that's one thing that people love with those games, uh, especially because it doesn't like it tells you a story, but not like in a, in a standard way. Like it, there's a lot of, you know, right. hidden stuff that you have to find throughout the, the game and, and the way you interact with people um, kind of changes how, how the story plays out and, as well as you learning a, a lore about kind of the, the world itself and, and a lot of that stuff. So I know that's one of the more popular mm-hmm. things and what keeps people from go to, coming back to the games. And the one piece of advice I'll give to anyone with, with Soulsborne games in particular, who is who is struggling with them is you have to stick with them. That's the biggest yes. thing. That's how you learn and, and do all the stuff that I, I referenced is that y- you learn by playing and you have to play it a lot. You have to commit time to it. Um, otherwise, you're not going to really get anywhere with them. Like that's kind of the problem you run into with these games. So obviously with people mm-hmm. like us, especially Garrett, especially lately, it's like we <laughs> haven't had a lot of time to really commit to games. So it's very hard to find. Right. Always find a window to do that. Um, whereas I it's it's not as forgiving to um like putting it down for two weeks and then coming back to it as you know, other RPGs are. Um, and even then, like a lot of other RPGs too. I'm I'm just gonna pretty much start them over anyways if I put them down for that long. Pretty much, yeah. Um, but that, I think yeah. there are some examples of some RPGs, for example, you could go back to, um, especially some more linear ones
1: or just more modern RPGs in particular. But, or even like turn based yeah. in general, like you could probably get into those and in like
0: like persona for fine. example is
1: a game that i think you could play for
0: like a, a week or two get about halfway through it and maybe put it down and come back to it um especially because there's yes. a lot of tools in the game that recount the story um combined with the fact that you know it's kind of a daily system um and, and there's a lot of stuff that go along with that and you can maybe play the, that game mm-hmm. in chunks whereas dark souls you can't do that with that game like you just you can't no you can't you can't you can't unless again you've played it so many times you kind of you know know where everything is kind of thing so there you go. Cool. So that's how we feel about how we feel about dark souls games in particular. Um Sekiro, though, I think was actually a really interesting one because for a long time, we had thought that this might actually be like a Tenchu game um, because as I had talked about earlier, um, Tenchu was that stealth action series that, um, you know, was in, had ninjas in it um, that they had published and then they'd worked on PSP versions for, um, but we didn't, and not only that, but we knew that they had the IP uh, available to them through Activision for them to do a um, a Tenchu game, but they didn't actually d- do end up doing Tenchu. They did this Sekiro game, which in a lot of ways actually has a lot of roots mm-hmm. with with a game like Tenchu, where a lot of the stealth elements from that game feel like they're ripped, you know, straight out of Tenchu. Um, so I, I definitely think it's in a way it's a Tenchu spiritual successor, while also being like a, a really good arcadey Souls like experience. And that was the last game we really got from. From software before Elden Ring comes out last, this week. So, you know, it's been three years since their last game, um, wow. which, is, yeah. which is interesting to to, to see. But uh, Sekiro was a game I liked a lot. Um, but again, I have more to say about that, but we'll talk about it in a bit because we have a question about it. So, Garrett, cool. where's your hype level for Elden Ring? I know you've talked about it at least a little bit on the show, but where where's the mm-hmm. hype level at? Where Where's the hype, hype check now that we're, you know, six days away from Elden Ring?
1: I'm, I mean, I'm not like, again, I'm not into these series or whatever. I've seen gameplay of Elden Ring and it's Dark Souls. It's like, oh, okay. I know the combat. I, I, I've seen this before. Um, what I'm intrigued about is the open world. Um, I'm actually surprised how fast they turned this Elden Ring development around. <laughs> and they kept with their word um did they delay it ever i i, I keep forgetting they i don't just
0: never announced a release date for it
1: so see they're smart because uh, they they really haven't delayed that much and they they're sticking to their word like mm-hmm. it's coming out um yeah i was very surprised by that because i remember hearing it for the first time it's like oh that's gonna it, it felt like a skyrim in my head it was mm-hmm. like a, or, or, or a new Elder Scrolls. It's like, oh, that's going to be in 2025 or, or something like that. Well, I mean, it's You're got George go. R.
0: Martin working on it. So, of course, it's going to take time. That's why. Right? So.
1: Right. Um, but they booked it and they they wrapped it up and I've seen gameplay of it and it looks really good. It's like, um, I would say like more of an open world Bethesda Elder Scrolls game melded with a Dark Souls kind of atmosphere ambiance to it i guess you can say um i'm really digging it um i'm i'm not gonna be day one <laughs> just letting you guys know i'm not gonna be day one on elden ring but i will be reading reviews i will be watching gameplay i will be looking at sales because i think i will eventually try it out um one way or the other um but yeah that's that's my kind of like hype level with it i'm definitely interested in it
0: okay that's cool that's good to know whereas for me like again i'm just gonna wait for reviews because i'm curious because even though the combat itself is kind of more of the slower dark Soulsy combat i'm curious of how that's good how the pace of of the open world is going to change that and maybe you know make it more up my alley so um i'm kind of waiting for reviews maybe uh, i'll maybe i'll watch a live stream or two of it um to kind of get my fill of it and maybe see if it's for me and then at that point you know if it seems like it's gonna be up my alley, then I'll definitely try it out. Again, I've actually bought every Dark Souls game that's come out, hoping that the next one will be for me. Um and i know he's giving it a chance more than anything. Cause I I mm-hmm. I love kind of the world of Dark Souls and kind of the idea behind it. And it that's why it just pains me so much that the gameplay has just never clicked for me. Um so I'm hoping Elden Ring might be the one, maybe. Um, but I'm definitely gonna do Pain. a lot more of my research before it comes out. But I, I'm also really happy to just see all the hype people have for this game and just how excited people are, are for it uh, coming out. I think it's going to be one of the biggest games to come out this year. Um, And I'm just excited for other people to be excited about this because it's, I, I, for some people, I think this game in particular is like one of the most exciting things for them in a very long time. So I'm just happy that Mm -hmm. a lot of people have a game like this, that, that they're excited about. So that's all I got. really got to say about that. So Garrett, what do you think is going to be next? with from software where do you think they go after elden ring um do you think they continue Mm. down because they've already kind of said that they're done doing dark souls as a as a series in particular at least for a while um so i don't think what that's going to be next but what what do you think they do after elden ring or what kind of game would you like to see from them next
1: Mm, yeah um definitely it's going to be still in the they're going to be with what they identify with the, the souls born formula or the combat um with the reception of elden ring i think it's gonna be good i think it's gonna be at least good um i think they can i i mean i don't think the next game's gonna be in elden ring 2 <laughs> i'm not saying that i could see a sequel to sekiro 2 or sekiro shadow size twice i can see well, I'm not sure about Bloodborne. Right. Everyone keeps saying, oh, the sequel to Bloodborne's coming. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be every time I hear about Bloodborne, I'm getting so tired of it mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, especially with like a Bloodborne like rem- or remastered or whatever on PS5. It's like it's never gonna happen. They haven't done it yet. Um, but yeah, I could totally see a sequel to Sekiro, Elden Ring two, maybe. I'm trying to think of like what of a different a different franchise or or whatever i i'm not too sure um i i want to see them try to stem out a little bit on away from the gothic stuff Mm -hmm. because like i it's really cool and i'm and it has each of them have their own identity i think bloodborne has a great gothic feel to it i think dark souls more medieval Mm -hmm. um really cool um but I feel like every time I see um, a From Software game or a Soulsborne game, it's it's like I know what it is. <laughs> it's like that that's a Soulsborne game. That that's a, that's From Software. I want to see a game where I'm like, oh, that's a that's a Western RPG, <laughs> you know. And they're like, no, that's that's made by From Software. It's like, wait, what? Like, I want to see, I want that type of style, you know? Like, give me something vibrant, something lively, something colorful, but have the same combat or whatever that's great mm-hmm. um but like every time i see uh gameplay of, of of dark souls or whatever i'm like i mean it's cool it's really cool it's really interesting that's like at the same time it's like it's just the same kind of thing over and over again it's just skulls and reapers and big knights and i don't know i'm getting kind of tired of it it's like you're in the, I, pu-
0: the same purgatory as the characters in dark souls are in garrett
1: no it? joke <laughs> like every time um i think bloodborne was a really cool feel but again i it it felt like dark souls the Jap- japan feudal version mm-hmm. like it has that you know that i don't know what the feeling is it's like grotesqueness i i don't i don't know exactly what i'm um feeling with it um but yeah it's just more dark than anything yeah um i want to see something bright something colorful that,
0: that's their whole theme they're just that they're, they're all they're now dark with all of their games even and to be fair even some of their other series you know like armored core for example was like was like just a darker mech series in particular and stuff like that yeah like it, it's, it's been a long time since the adventures of cookie and cream or um even stuff like <laughs> metal wolf chaos with its like really goofy tone um it's been a long time since they've done something like that or even the monster hunter diary games which again were like cute chibi like monster hunter looking games Mm -hmm. that were not you know you know the standard monster hunter affair so definitely not looking like anything from software currently makes so right yeah i mean i'm with you i would love to see them branch out a bit um maybe get back to doing something that's not a soulsborne game I mean, can I ask that cool. of them? Uh, maybe go back to Armored Core. I think that would be like really cool. Um, or even just ha- see them do like another mech game of some kind. Because number one, we don't get enough mech games nowadays. And number two, we really they don't. were really good at them. Uh, other than Crow Mounds. I think that was like the only one that really, really faltered for me. But otherwise, you know, I, all the Armored Core games were awesome. So like I would love to see them maybe explore they were. kind of that space again. Like even if they want to make like a really difficult mech game or a really difficult game in, in like another genre, uh, maybe they even go back to like a turn-based RPG, like something like Thousand Arms or something like that. Um, that oh, that'd be cool. That would be like really interesting to see like them go back and do do some other stuff. I know I'm just kid- kidding myself though, because um, unlike you, Garrett, I'm not going to just stamp on the heart of poor Mr. Badbit and saying that they'll never do a Bloodborne 2 or a Bloodborne They're Remaster. A Bloodborne. <laughs> there, there will be a Bloodborne <laughs> Remaster or a Bloodborne 2. Probably not done by From Software though. I actually don't think that they're going to no, do it. it no, no, actually, yeah. I think that'll actually be Bluepoint, like that does that.
1: I I agree with you. Yes, if it's anyone, it's Bluepoint. Yeah, is Bloodborne a Sony IP? It, it is a Sony IP. I'm right?
0: pretty sure it is. So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I there's been some weird, like, kind of IP related ownership or whatever, but Demon Souls is Sony, mm-hmm. um, and that's why Bluepoint was able to do that. Bloodborne, it seems like more. I think Sony owns it, but it seems like more of an agreement than anything. Yeah. Or they just really got to wait until it was like, okay, we got our studio in its blue point, so here you go, blue point. I'm just um, still
0: shocked that they haven't done like a 60 frames per second patch on PS5 for that game yet. Like, it's still,
1: it's still ridiculous. Well, I I think, uh, I yeah, I, I've seen some videos behind it. Apparently, if you have the physical version... Um, Digital Foundry did this. So if you had the physical version pre-patched on like PS4 Pro or, or whatever, you, you're able to get 60 mm-hmm. frames. Yes, yeah, something like, like that like happened with levels. like
0: Assassin's Creed Unity was the same way. Yeah, where they, The unpatched yeah. version of the game had an uncapped frame rate. So you, if you played it on a modern console like a PS5, um, it, would, it would run at 60 frames per second or higher even.
1: Yeah. So. I, yeah, I don't know why they haven't done it either. Maybe they're just waiting... Until they do the PC port yeah. and be like, okay, here's a double whammy. Here's the PC port. Here's the 60 frames update mm-hmm. for everyone. Let's get hype for Bloodborne 2. Yeah. Like, I, I think that I think that's a good marketing jab. Is like, let's do these things and then let's push into Bloodborne 2. I I and if is doing this, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it got announced pretty soon mm-hmm. maybe this year um but if bloodborne's happening it's got to be at least this year and next year
0: yeah i just don't uh, yeah and and with the way you know uh fr- the heads at from software talk about you know where the direction of where they want to go i just don't think that they're interested in doing a, a sequel to bloodborne or just doing more bloodborne i don't think yeah which is why i think it's per- like it's gonna probably get done and it'll be a probably a Blue point thing which is why like i think Yeah, we're more likely to be either A, see a sequel to something like Sekiro or B, if they Mm -hmm. really want to do a sequel to Elden Ring, you know, they'll do one. Um, Like if it's successful enough or they want to, you know, explore the world again. But I'm not getting the vibes from the way they talk about Elden Ring that they are going to want to go back to it at least right away. Yeah. Um, So that's why I would love. like I think the opportunity is there for them to either make a new IP or even do something different, like something radically different. Like I would love to again see them explore other genres. Just like you know, the older days uh, from software, or you know, just mm-hmm. do something completely different from the the thing Be you described. Like a,
1: exclusive studio, yeah, from now on. That's there. True. You go. Um, PlayStation VR two launch title. <laughs> I could no. Know, you know what? I I'm gonna say. It. I think they're gonna make a launch title for PSVR two.
0: That'll go along that side that Horizon game that's coming out on launch day as well.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Side by side. But that's this year. Bloodborne. That's this year. <laughs> Assuming. PSVR
0: 2 is this year? Well, that, that's what Matt Swinstey keeps trying to convince me over on the PlayStation
1: Drive. No, no, that's a, no, 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 a, and no. And in fact, PSVR uh, 2 is next we, year. we
0: even got questions about it this week saying, so when PSVR 2 comes out later this year, that was how the questions started off,
1: Garrett. Don't, please stop. <laughs> it's not coming this year. Exactly. I don't know but, these people. Well, yeah.
0: So ultimately, I think we went through a lot of the, the From Software stuff, but let's get into some of the questions because we got some questions cool. from the audience but from software and garrett i don't know if you knew this people were very excited that we wanted to talk about Apparently. from software. although there, there's one question in particular that i'm like there's no way you are either of us are going to be able to answer this question but let's start with andrew semichek on the discord yeah who asked the question what is one of the under under the radar from software games that you loved pre-dark souls so garrett i know you started mm. with bloodborne but you didn't go back and play any of the pre-dark souls stuff right
1: at all the only thing i've had some like kind of experience with is the armored core i forgot which Armored core game i played but i did play some of it in certain systems i remember mechs yeah okay and i'm pretty sure it was armored core it was if it and i thought it was if it was one, it was probably it was cool.
0: Armored Core Four because that game came out on on PlayStation Three and Xbox Three Hundred um,
1: yes. and Sixty. Yes, and
0: I remember like that yeah. game actually being really popular, so it was
1: probably that one. I I think it was that, yeah. for sure. And I think I it was just a demo. Yeah, there it was, it was a demo for it, so yeah,
0: that was probably it.
1: Okay, yeah, I played that and it was really fun. It was a really fun demo, Andrew. So there you go.
0: So there you go. Your armor. Your answer is Armored Core Four for me. Obviously, I talked about it before, and I did a whole episode on the Xbox Drive about this Otogi Myth of Demons, one of my favorite games on the the Xbox 360 or the original Xbox. Wow, and uh, I I really love that game, so that's definitely got to be my top pick. Uh, Metal Metal Wolf Chaos is probably my my second pick. As far as, you know, under the radar game where it's and I told Garrett this off air before what the premise of this game is, where essentially you play as the president of the United States who drives around a mech (laughs) and there's basically this coup on the White House and it's and it's led by the vice president in his own mech. And then you have this big showdown between the president, and the vice president of the United States. And it's like such a goofy game. It's got some terrible voice acting. But man, it's a really fun game. Um, They actually did like a switch port of it as well um but that oh, port's wow. real bad so
1: uh oh okay don't play it yeah on, on it
0: didn't they okay. didn't uh they didn't do a good job with the port but the game itself i can commit is solid but you'd have to go back and play it on the original xbox because it wasn't exclusive and it's actually a very expensive game on the original xbox so maybe not that one. Oh, great um and then uh you brought up armor crawl already so i, I would have said that um but i'm gonna throw a shout out to ninja blade which again was kind of like a, a Ninja Gaiden clone. Um, but it had a lot more emphasis on like quick time events. Um, but that game was like really fun and, and you played as Mm. a ninja and in, there was a whole bunch of like, like, like this near futuristic Japan and there was a bunch of robots and stuff that you're fighting and mythological creatures and stuff. It was really cool. So Ninja blade is my other one that I wanted to throw in there, but there's a lot I could go through because, uh, again, there's a lot of like under the radar series. Um, again, stuff like, uh, um, the tension games on PSP, I think were really good, um, or even something like Enchanted Arms, which is an RPG that I just think not enough people actually played or uh, Lost Kingdoms 2 on the GameCube. Uh, one of their one of their only Nintendo exclusive games uh, was was that one. And I thought it was actually pretty good as well. So a lot a lot, lot to choose from. With From Software. Like
1: a lot of about. pre-Dark Souls from software games. You like? Yeah. I, I say you're a pre-Dark Souls from Software fan.
0: Yeah. For sure. They've just appealed more it to sounds, me.
1: It sounds like it. Which again, it's nice.
0: It just shows that I like From Software. It's just Dark Souls' combat in particular, is the thing I don't like. So it's just it's my it's the sticking right. point that I kind of have. Well, next up, TPR on the Discord. And I laugh because his the beginning of his questions in all caps, my favorite RPG developer, exclamation point. Bloodborne is tied for my favorite game of all time, and I can't wait for Elden Ring in a couple weeks, or from the time that we're listening to this, of course, it's out in six days. Is there a FromSoft title that either of you have actually gotten into? Because TPR actually kind of knows our background, knows that we're not really into FromSoftware games. Doesn't have to be a Soulsborne-related game, like Armor Core, for example. If there isn't Um, what could you, what could pull you in without making the games easier, if anything? So before, Mm. to give you some time to think about your answer on this one, Garrett, there is a game from, from software post dark souls that I've actually finished and really enjoyed. And that game was Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. The thing I liked about the game was the stealth elements in particular, because it almost felt like I was playing like a a Soulsborne version of something like, you know, Metal Gear Solid or Splinter Cell, where I was sneaking around. That's cool. Taking guys out Um, and really like the only time that the stealth elements didn't matter was when you were facing bosses. Um, But the action Mm -hmm. combat was fast enough um, combined with the fact that you had a grappling hook in that game that it was just really satisfying to play. Um, And uh, so I really enjoyed that game. Not only that, but I love kind of, you know, Japanese mythology stuff. And um, there was a lot of, you know, Japanese mythology tied into that game. And it also reminded me a lot of like the tone that we saw in in games like Otogi, which is what I liked about that, even though Otogi leaned much more into that stuff. um, I really like Sekiro. I think that game is awesome. So that's definitely the the FromSoft game, you know, post you know, dark souls that, that I've gotten into and gotten really into. Um, and as far as, you know, you know, changes to the gameplay, I think it's just, I talked about it a f- earlier, but I think it's just making the gameplay faster. And again, like, I think like, uh, okay. Seki had like kind of the right balance for me where even when you got, it had to get into combat and uh, you know, your stealth stuff failed. Um, I still felt like the combat was fast enough in that game that it was to my liking um but i would maybe even like to see go a little bit faster maybe go in that you know neo direction um or you know final fantasy stranger in paradise god i can't believe I'm actually saying that Um, chaos
1: that you're gonna kill uh
0: chaos we gotta get chaos chaos uh but but even that is actually more exciting to me than than you know elden ring is not just because it's a final fantasy game but also because the combat just seems much more up my alley and that's kind of the direction i'd love to see from soft gore go more into where it's less about you know Blocking and stamina you know management and more about you know faster action, I think is more of what I'm looking forward to um it whereas cool. the difficulty again to your point TBR I don't think they need to dis- decrease the difficulty because that's never been a bother for me it's never been the di- about the difficulty, mm-hmm. but Garrett, now that they've had time to think what do you yes. what's your answer to this question
1: uh well at least the from soft title i I'm being honest with you TBR I never got into a from software game like the games that you're mentioning, Ryan, I was like, "What? What are these?" <laughs> like, I, I, I really haven't heard much of them, other than Armored Core, the Armored Core series or franchise. Um, what I like doing though is actually watching streams okay. of Dark Souls players. Um, uh, not necessarily like speedrunners or whatever, but just people that are into Dark Souls and just go through the game It's actually pretty entertaining because they like it, it makes it look so easy, like mm-hmm. going through bloodborne so easy. And like, um, I actually watched maybe even like three or four like gameplay through like game playthroughs th- like play of, uh, Sekiro, like just, just seeing streamers, just like getting really into it, getting into the bosses and figuring it out. It's, I think it's really cool to watch. Versus playing so Makes sense. I would have to say Sekiro is like I wouldn't say it's like my favorite from soft title is my favorite from soft title to watch like if I go under Twitch, I, I actually kind of look up Sekiro game playthroughs and see what people. Um, actually do in that game nice and what you described Um, before you go on Garrett if I if you don't mind if I
0: so rudely interrupt you is what you described almost sounds to me like what I do with like retro games like as I I, even though there's a lot of retro games I love playing I love actually going to watch people who are really good at retro games uh, actually stream them Um, and people just plowing through you know some of the hardest NES games and stuff like that and basically what you're describing to me sounds like exactly like me going back and watching a lot of retro games. Cause in a lot of ways, games like dark souls have like that retro game feel to them where you're going to be dying mm-hmm. a lot in those games. And that's kind of how you learn it. And when, once you kind of memorize things or, or, you know, you know where everything is, you kind of breeze through it in, in the, the way that you just described. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's mm-hmm. probably really, it's satisfying to watch. Cause again, you as a player know just how difficult that is. Um, and they're just pulling it off. Like it's, you know it's nobody's business, whereas if it's some someone goes into that same stream who's never played those games before, never played that type of game before, they might act might be like, "Oh, that looks really easy. I don't see why people go on Twitter and complain about why this game is too hard, right or anything like that, right. But, uh, go on and continue with your point, Gary. because I know you had more to say
1: um oh, well, yeah, so um, what could pull me into the games is kind of what I've kind of critiqued before is that it's everything's so grim, depressing um but there should be like i'm not saying go completely like oh happy go lucky flowers everywhere (laughs) it's more like have some balance have some diversity in your game because when i see a dark souls game i cannot tell you're in level one or like in level eight (laughs) or or whatever even elden ring when i'm seeing that i'm like that's a cool open world everything looks the same though Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I just would like to see some diversity. That's that's one thing. Another thing is um, I like systems. I like actually, I, I and I'm sure they do. They do have systems. I'm not saying that they don't. I, I just would like to see a bar going from left to right <laughs> in some sort of way. Um, it doesn't have to be exactly that. And I'm sure there are, I, I've seen Sekiro. So I, there are some upgrades that I saw in there. Um, but just make it more deliberate. Um, but yeah, I just, I I think if, if they nail those two things down, um, I would be really interested in a From Software game. I agree with you, Ryan, they don't need to increase their difficulty, but, um, at the same time, I don't want to feel like every time I die, I just go back to square one and I just haven't, like, I understand I'm learning something, (laughs) but, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a high learning curve for like an a new player yeah um it 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 doesn't feel inviting or even if it's um, not even a new
0: player it's like it's even if you're an established player if you don't have the time committed it's like well i guess i'm never playing this game like it's yeah that kind of situation too which which is a feel bad like it's definitely a feel bad when when you have you know that taste in your mouth well next up we got a question that again we're going to we're going to acknowledge this question came in, but I don't think either of us are going to answer this one um, from Joran 7x at Joran 7x on Twitter. And they ask, what is your favorite boss from each Souls game? <laughs> Garrett, I don't have any answers for this one.
1: I, I I don't either, but let me tell you, Jerome, I really enjoy the boss designs mm-hmm. um, of, of the Dark Souls game and the Bloodborne um they're really cool i think the sekiro one was pretty what's your favorite boss in sekiro because i know there's some pretty good ones believe it or not
0: because this question came in so late i didn't go back and look at any of the bosses i fought because i forgot all of them. so
1: i (laughs) i remember i remember one battle i saw a lot and that was the drunk monkey or or kind of the i remember the um yeah and 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 it looked so um irregular like you're trying to go after it and try to like beat it or, or getting to contact with it. It's so hard because you don't know when they're going to, it's going to strike. Yeah um it was actually a pretty cool boss to see yeah
0: and to be honest with bosses in that game in particular i think the high point from v in that game wasn't even the bosses it was the minute-to-minute gameplay more than anything which is why i just all the boss designs just like flew out of my brain essentially where i just i don't honestly remember them because it's it's also been like three years since i played that game so um it's been a long time since i played it and i just i don't remember any of the bosses um but i will say one of the most memorable gameplay moments from a, from a boss fight in that game is actually the very first boss fight where you're supposed to technically lose, but you can actually win that boss fight against the dude on the horse who's got the spear. Um, but I just love the mm-hmm. motif of the environment you're fighting in where you're fighting in this, this field and the moon's out. And I love the way that that scene just looks so that that scene is burned into my brain more than even, you know, any of the mechanics with that boss or anything like that. So yeah. And and mm-hmm. I think it just comes with, you know, I just haven't played that game in a while, so I just can't remember. Mm-hmm. But last question this week has nothing to do with from software, Garrett, because uh, West3DP, at West3DP on Twitter, wanted to bail us out and give us a off-topic topic. <laughs> so, of course, they, West3DP wants to know, off-topic, what are your thoughts on Live Alive or Live Alive or however you say it? Have you played it? Will you pick it up? So, Garrett, the Nintendo Direct was mm-hmm. yesterday from the time we're recording this. I mean, Obviously, you know, this Destro. is a week, week and a half old uh, at this point, <laughs> but w- what do you think about uh yeah. li- live alive or live alive?
1: I um was very pleasantly surprised by seeing this game. Um, it seemed like a you know a, a, an octopath traveler game, mm-hmm. like it very much so. And I, now we can see um kind of the influence from it. So, live alive is a it was a originally a japanese exclusive um title and it was out in the super famicom right yep. um and so it, and so now it's getting remastered uh, or remake yep. really in an hd 2d version um just like the dragon quest 3 that's that's going to come out later mm-hmm. um it looks really cool um i'm very excited to see more of it i want to see more gameplay Um, I heard it's, it's something like a spiritual predecessor to Chrono Trigger. Um, And like, there's some very famous people Mm -hmm. that worked on this game. Um, So yeah, I'm very excited to see it come alive again, coming on the Switch um maybe maybe other titles later i'm not too sure um yeah they haven't they they haven't really announced it i think it's just switch
0: only according to the website but uh yeah i'm actually Mm -hmm. also stoked for this one um it's a game that i've never played it's always been one of those games on the list of like five or six super famicom games that should have come that that would have done gangbusters here in north america but just never came out here um like And for a long time, you know, Trials of Mana was on that list until it eventually got its remake a few years ago. Um, So I'm actually stoked to play this. Um, And actually, the difference between this and something like Octopath Traveler is you have kind of the six different characters with the six paths. But they actually, unlike Octopath Traveler, they actually come together at the end. (laughs) <laughs> and kind of like, <laughs> do you like have like a combined stories where the Octopath traveler is like, you've got seven different endings for seven different characters and they oh don't tie together no. at all. Um, so I, I, love the idea of it kind of coming together like that. So I'm glad I held off playing it. Cause I know there's a fan translation out there that I could have played by now. Um, but I've just never really gotten around to it. Um, even though I've you know finished you know, Trials of Mana like four or five times wh- before the actual <laughs> translation came out for that one, because I, I played the fan translation a lot for that game. Um, but I am I am excited to see this. Also, fun fact, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the Discord, Garrett, but we actually got requests in the Discord for us to do an HD2D yeah. episode. <laughs> and we're starting to get enough HD2D okay. games, Garrett, where it might sure. actually justify doing an HD2D episode
1: of just the, all these maybe games. later this year after live. Alive, I kind of want to wait. Be... Yeah.
0: I kind of want to wait until like that and like dragon quest throughout dragon quest three, talk about some yeah. of those games. I'll, I also think, strategy, yeah. I also think we're going to start seeing this a lot too. Like, I think uh, like if square wants to remake any more super Famicom games, they're going to do them all this way at this point. We're super Nintendo
1: games Exactly. Yeah. So,
0: which is perfect. Cause yeah. I think, it, I think this is a great way to do that. Or if, or if they ever want to remake the original final fantasy in something else, that's not stranger in paradise. You know, I would love to see them do it this way. That'd be pretty cool. But, anyways, we gotta go, Garrett. Before we go, Garrett plugs go. Yes,
1: you can follow me on Twitter at Blaine Explosion. You can also see me and the Nintendo Shack, where I'm a co-host. There, part of the Play Some Video Games podcast network, where we um, are live at Twitch.tv/psvg every Thursday nights. And that is it.
0: Very nice, my friend. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. You can find us on Twitter at Yumi Capri's on YouTube at youtube.com slash Yumi Capri and on podcast services around the globe. And before we go, I just want to say huge, huge, you know, congratulations to everyone for Elden Ring this week. I hope everyone enjoys the game. Yes, uh, I hope uh, everyone who's excited about it gets, you know, the awesome game that they're, they're hoping for. And and happy Elden Ring week, everybody. Well, for Garpland, I'm Ryan Turford. This has been episode 35 of the RPG cave and we're out. Bye. The RPG cave's mana is powered by patrons over at patreon.com slash Yumi Capri. And from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you to our over 70 patrons, starting with our Capremium producers, Dallas Ford, Jonathan Brown, the man behind the music on the Xbox Drive and the Nintendo Drive. You can check out his new album, In My Element, over on Apple Music, as well as his website, and Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. Our Platinum producers, Robbie Bobby Miller and Trucker Sloth, and our gold members, Argo, Brandon Myers, Dallas Robbins, Dano, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Joel Brooks, Jose Jimenez, Mac Time, Marcus O'Neill, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, R.J. Kern, Skinny Matt, Tony Baker, and Xavier Reyes. Thank you all for all of your support, and if you're interested in joining the Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash Yumi Capri and pick the tier that's right for you.